If we got a treat for you today, imagine growing up knowing your father knew the secret, the secret to building the life that you want to have, that you would love to live. Bring something to write with because this is going to be a great conversation with lots of gold nuggets and you are going to want to be writing down the writer downers and taking action. Hey, today we have somebody who is involved in the personal development industry in a huge way. For 30 years, he worked with his father. Today, he has written the book, author. Uh, he's the author of My Father Knew the Secret. I'm going to check my notes over here so I get you the right information. Growing up with Bob Proctor. We have Bob Proctor's son, Brian Proctor. If you're not familiar with Bob Proctor, oh, are you in for a treat? Uh, we'll come back to that. Hold that thought. Now, Brian Proctor was born in 1961 in Toronto, Ontario, as the same year that his legendary father, Bob, was given the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, directly from the man himself. And that began his father's 60-year journey into personal development, became one of the icons in the development of that industry as we know it today. For close to 30 years, Brian worked alongside his father, and you know he was taught some of the taught with him and as his father taught on some of the largest stages in the world. Now, Brian found his niche in marketing and business development, and in the very early years of the internet, Brian originated an idea to build a list to market to, and that email list, you know, the point was to create value and a platform for his father to share his teachings. This idea set Bob Proctor's, Proctor's campaign up for success by opening the door early to email list building, and that was long before that became really an industry standard as it is today. As an online marketer, Brian was consistently a top, a top affiliate for large product launches with joint ventures and brought in millions of commissions, giving many entrepreneurs their first opportunities with large, with large audiences to share their products and services. Now, Brian attributes his success to the lessons he learned from the years, for, uh, learned over the years from his father in creating lasting relationships. It's all about relationships, isn't it? And today, Brian is self-employed, lives with his wife, Corey, at the south end of Puget Sound in Washington State. And he's living the dream of a life uh, well spent near the water and enjoying nature at its finest. What a beautiful environment that must be. Brian, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks, Jeffrey. I'm really glad to be here. Really glad that you're here. And, and just I, I want to I've been going through your book and thank you so much for having a download available as one of the bonuses, the first five chapters, I was able to get a jump start over the weekend. And I want to ask first about gratitude. I went straight to the chapter on gratitude. And I appreciate that in your introduction, you have a, you have a setup in the front. It's like, hey, here's how to use this book. Mm -hmm. And one being, go, what, go with what resonates. And for me, gratitude resonates tremendously because as, you know, as, as I grew and matured and, and developed personally, um, particularly through the recovery communities we were talking about uh, pre-show, when I began to experience gratitude, it truly is a profound shift. Could you, could you share some more about how we can develop gratitude, you know, as a habit and help others? Do yeah. That as well? You know what, Jeffrey, it's, it's gratitude is such a underrated thing. Um, you know, we often hear people talk about it, but not a lot of people really practice it. And it's something I, you know, I learned from my father many, many years ago. Um, 
that one of the first things we should do when we start our day is to get out a journal and write all of the things that we're grateful for. It, mm. it puts us in the right frame of mind to attract good into our life because we're focusing on the good. Um, so I, I, I've always started my day writing out what I'm gratitude, you know, what I'm grateful for. And a lot of times I would also write in things that aren't in my life yet, but that I'm grateful they are coming into my life. So oh. I, you know, you can, you can also use it as a way to live into the future of, of what it is that you're, you're, you're looking for it, you know, in, in your life. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's such an effective tool and, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of people pass it off. They hear, oh yeah, I should keep a gratitude journal, but you know, they, you know that sounds great, but really what's that going to do for me? If you get into the practice of doing it every single day, you will find that your perspective on life and everything that's going on around you will change. It really will. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a matter of forming the habit and then starting to do it. And once you do it, your days will change. You will change your perspective. You'll start to see a lot more good in the world and you'll actually start attracting a lot more good because that's what you're focused on. Um, you know, we, my father always said, we, we attract whatever we give thought to, whatever we give energy to. And most of the time, let's face it, we're given energy to nonsense. Um, mm -hmm. I've often yes. said to people, would you be friends with somebody who talked to you the way you talk to yourself? And that's a really great question. You know, how do you think? Yeah. <laughs> what about in the evening as well? Is, does it help to bookend the day? With because I've also heard people, yeah, it's, oh, you know what, I'll just end your day with a gratitude yeah. list. It is a great way to, to bookend. Um, I, I personally practice it primarily in the morning. Okay. Um, I will in the evening, I'll, 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 I'll write down the most important things that I need to accomplish the next day. And I'll give thought to that. And I will give energy to all that happened today and all the good that happened. Um, I find that by doing that, it clears your head so you can have a better sleep. You know, mm. so often we wake yes. up in the middle of the night, and we're thinking, oh, I got to do this or I got to do that. Um, but if you already have it planned out, you know what you got to do. You can just relax your mind to have a good sleep that night. And by all means, you know, give thought to the good that occurred that day and the things that you did accomplish and uh, and be grateful for it. It, it. it does make a difference. Yes. It, and coming back to the morning routine, that was something I focused on this year because I, I based on input I was getting from from mentors that I have, including Ken Walls, our, our mutual friend that introduced us. Um, I was watching what are they doing and, and looked at what would have the biggest impact on my life and my business. And it came back to if I just changed my morning routine, mm -hmm. that, you know, having that groundedness in the morning and starting the day differently could make a huge difference. And I was surprised at how impactful that is. It, well, you know, what we do in the morning, our first, the first things we do really sets up our day. And if we just are in a, a routine of getting up, drinking a coffee, having a shower, getting, you know, in the car, going to work, um, you're just going to be in the same routine every day. But if, if you form the habit of getting up, and then really starting to focus on what you are grateful for. What, what in your life are you grateful for? And I can tell you, I've seen people that were living a bit of a miserable life. 
once they started getting focused on the good that was in their life, they started to see more of it and they got themselves out of that hole. And it sounds simple and it really is. Um, the difficult part is forming the habit of doing it. Um, yes. And, and that's it. If, if, if you can form the habit of the first thing you do, just take out, even if, even if you don't have a journal, just take out a piece of paper and try to write down 10 things that you're grateful for. Those 10 things might not necessarily come easily. Uh, the first couple should, hopefully. <laughs> um, but then after that, it may get a little more difficult. And, and, and it could be something as simple as I'm so grateful for this first cup of coffee in the day. I mean, it, it mm -hmm. can be anything. Um, the, the key is that you're giving good energy. You're, you're, you're starting to focus on what you are grateful for, what makes you happy, uh, what is making your life better. And as I said, the more we can give that energy, um, you, you really will find your whole perspective changes in a day. Yes. Well, and, and you provide exercises in your book and in the, and in the bonus companion workbook to actually apply what you're talking about. I love the rhythm in, in your book where it's like, Hey, here's some stories around what this is, what your experience has been, what other people's experience has been, how this looks in day-to-day -day life it makes it very pragmatic. Here's some teaching. Okay. Now let's do some work right. to apply it. Right. Well, you know, I, I think it's important that whenever you're reading a book that is in, on, on self-development, um, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not a fiction book, it's you're, you're reading something that can better your life. Um, it's so important that there is a way to apply whatever it is you're reading. Um, and so when I wrote this book, it was actually my wife that came up with the idea of the consider points. And I thought, why, oh, what nice. a great idea. Um, you know, where, where I would tell a story, uh, you know, something I learned from my father. And then, then we would have consider points uh, at the end of it on how you can actually apply that lesson to your own life and to your own world. Um, and I think it's really important. You know, the, the big thing, my father was, he was always big in the self-development industry. But when mm -hmm. the movie The Secret came out in 2000, and I think maybe 2006, uh, when that movie came out, it propelled him to a whole nother level. And because of that, you know, he got on a Larry King, Ellen DeGeneres. He was on all kinds of shows and his, his popularity really expanded. His audience expanded. Um, and it was the secret talked about, you know, the law of attraction and what we give thought to comes into our life. What it didn't cover was that we also have to step out and take action. And dad was always big on that. He says, you can't just dream of something and just have it magically appear. Yes, you need to visualize on what you want, but then you've got to step out and start doing the work and you need to take action. If you want to bring something into your life, you've got to do something. Um, you know, he was always of the opinion that if you have a worthy enough goal, it's going to be something that excites you, that causes you to get up maybe a little earlier in the morning. And it will cause you to do things in a day that you would never normally do. And that's, that's, that's mm. by action. And when we yeah. take action on things, you know, that's when we bring things into our life. So when I wrote the book this way and then bringing in the action steps, it's, it's really how to step out and apply it and use it in your life and in your world at the present moment. Yes. And speaking of action, Zena Krogadol is with us. Hello, Zena. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Zena. 
and she is an action taker. There you go. She is an action taker. There was something that she was that she was considering doing, and there were several people that were just like going, just start. We'll help you. Tell us what you need. Just get yeah. moving. And by gosh, she did. She yeah. launched the launched the new podcast around that. And it's like, right, there you go. <laughs> Off and running. Yeah. Oh, there we go. She just got your book too. Oh, very nice. I <laughs> just arrived today. <laughs> You're gonna love it, Zena. Well, I have to say, Jeffrey, one of the things that has been so gratifying is like yourself, you've just received the book and you started reading it, is the feedback I'm getting from it has been incredible. Um, it really has. It's it's warmed my heart. And, you know, my whole intent with this, I think I've I've mentioned before, and I'm I'm sure you've heard me say that there's there's not a lot of money in selling a book. Um no. And so my intention in, on this is, is not to get rich from selling the book. My intention is to get this out into as many hands as possible because I know it can help you live a better life. And I know that not because I wrote it, but because the book is really not about me. It is about my father and everything yes. he taught me growing up and what he showed me so that I can live the kind of life I'm living right now. Um, so it's, it's, it, it well, really in that comes through in the book very much too, is the, the, you seem to have had an incredible relationship with your father. So I had a very, very unique and special relationship with him. Um, and I realize how fortunate I am. Um, you know, he wasn't just a father to me. Uh, he was also my best friend. Um, and he was a business partner. Um, I mean, we worked together for probably a little over 30 years, but wow. we had a, we just had a really special relationship. We got each other, you know, and, and, and the one thing I can always say about my father is that he always supported me in anything I did, even if it was something he would never have done, or he thought would be kind of crazy. He always supported me. Um, he never, never tried to make a decision for me. Um, he, it was always about, I've got to make my own decisions on what I want to do and how mm -hmm. I want to do it. But he was always there to support me. And, you know, the two of us were morning people. Um, we, we used to get on the phone at like five in the morning all the time because we're the only two that were up. And, 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 you know, we would start talking about anything and everything. And it was just a, it was a special relationship. And I realized how fortunate I am for that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I had a good relationship with my father as well. It had a big impact on me. And, um, you know, I was sorry to hear your father passed away last year it's a, a, a huge loss for you personally and for for the industry and you know, it's interesting my father passed away in 1993 i still think of him every day and i still continue to learn from him mm -hmm. it's, it's just as a friend of mine said a long time ago um i didn't get it at the time now i've experienced yeah. it's like the older i get the smarter my father gets right <laughs> that's the way it is <laughs> you know I, I i think back to i had some wonderful conversations with my dad uh right before he passed away and um, the one great thing is there's no regrets. There was nothing that was left unsaid. Um, we I knew see. he was going, so we were able to share everything. And something dad always said to me, he says, Brian, even when I'm gone, keep talking to me. Keep talking to me. Um, and he says, you know, the answers will come to you in your intuition, that inner voice. If you listen to that mm. and you let your inner voice guide you, you will always do well. And wow. I've lived that way, especially since he's passed. Um, I've had certain business decisions that I've had to make 
that mm -hmm. I have really followed my intuition and it has led me right. You know, how often we know in, in our head the right thing to do, but then our thinking mind starts thinking, wow, if I did that though, it might be really good for me and whatever, but you felt it was wrong to do, but you did it. And that always comes back to bite you. Um, if you listen to the first voice that comes in your head, that first bit of intuition, it will never guide you wrong. Um, yes. And that's a, that's a great thing. Why, why do we, I mean, I, I catch my, I've gotten better and some days I'm better than others. Oh, I still catch myself fighting that though. I know, I, uh, I know my intuition a lot of times is on track and sometimes it's not. And I have people around me that help me calibrate, but what, it just seems to be, is that a cultural thing or is it? Is well, I think, I think self-doubt. Yeah. I think a big part of it, Jeffrey, is that it's not only that inner voice, but then it's the people around us and it's other people mm. trying to influence us to do things. Um, you know, so often we're concerned about what other people will think of us or what we're doing. Um, and, and we base it on their approval rather than what we know is the right thing to do for us. And it's really all about awareness. And the more we're aware that this is going on and the more that we can rein it in and follow that inner voice, the better life we're going to live. Um, because let's face it, as much as we like to think other people are thinking about us, they really aren't. <laughs> and, <laughs> so you true. know, they're, they're so busy with their own life. Uh, they might think of yes. you know, five minutes while they're with you and give you their opinion on something, but uh, then it's, you know, it's, it's gone. Um, mm -hmm. So I think if, if we can listen to our inner voice, we will live a better way. We really will. Yes. And we also have with us, I wanted to say hello to Jose Garza, who is in Fresno, another entrepreneur that's making stuff happen. He's a very action oriented individual uh, hello jose and thank you for sharing it jose appreciate it yeah you know I, i'll tell you one one of these other things jeffrey that just hit me while we're speaking mm -hmm. when i talked to my father early in the mornings and i talk about it in the book you, you you may not have seen it yet but we did something that is really unique and this kind of is along the vein of gratitude that you wanted to discuss when we get on the phone at five in the morning, what we did was we would start talking good about people behind their back. Um, oh. And we would, we would pick somebody and then we would start talking about all their great qualities and what a good job they're doing or, you know, whatever, whatever that was. And it was just dad and I, this other person was never involved. And it's a form of gratitude when you think about it, but more than anything, it puts you in a, in a great state because you're thinking good of other people as well. You know, how often we can get caught into trivial yes. conversations of gossip and nonsense um, that is never really any good. And it takes us down a really not a very good road. Whereas we can change that conversation and start to get focused on the good in people and talk good about people behind their back. Um, it's amazing what, what, what can happen in your world and with your relationships. Yes. Yes, indeed. And I have, you made me think of something as well, but Eric Flournoy uh, is joining us from Houston, Texas. And he's somebody that talks good behind people's backs. I like I that. Chance, Eric. I was in Texas and I had a chance to get together with him for brunch and, um, and face to face. He's exactly what I got to know over the internet for a couple of years. That's awesome. Eric, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, I, 
was visiting um, my best friend who we've called his, oh, his parents, mom and dad for years and was in the kitchen with his mom. Uh, both our wives were out doing something together. And so was, we were pretty newly married at the time. And I was talking to Gracie about, about my wife, Alice, and you know, just kind of talking her up. And she had this Southern drawl. And she, she was just, it was so funny. She goes, well, imagine that. Look at, listen to how you're just talking all nice about her. She's not even here to hear you say it. <laughs> kind of tease me. She goes, Steve, you know, my, my brother, Steve, he's like, Steve, did you hear that? He's just talking all nice about her. <laughs> well, you know what? There, there's a lesson in that, Jeffrey. If yeah. if you talk good about people behind their back to other people, do you know their mm -hmm. opinion, the person that we're speaking to, their opinion of you is going to be so much better because they're going to think, wow, I wonder what good he says about me when I'm not around rather than the other way, you know? You know, that's that is such a great point. And it reminds me of someone that I was talking to once that, that is a, a coworker. It was just negative about everything. And they were were talking about somebody and, and that occurred to me going, you know, if this person's talking about this, like everybody else, I know what they're saying about me. I really don't want to spend time around right. this person. It's just not healthy. That's right. It's like, wow. But it is, you know, what do we, what do we say? And something else on the gossip trail that I found part of that negative cycle that I experienced where I was, trash talking something somebody about something and you got to a certain point and I, and I caught myself saying and what really bugs me about that person and it's like ah oh, there it is <laughs> the real problem is now i've got something i have to go work on because right. i know if it's if it's getting under my skin if there's something about them that gets under my skin much as i don't want to admit it that means i need to go work on that because somehow that's presenting in my it's a character defect that i'm carrying that i right. need to work on and yeah. it's like oh okay i would agree with that yeah but you also write about um, about forgiveness in your book, which mm -hmm. resonated with me because I haven't have I've had a few conversations over the last couple of years with people where they're just hanging on to something. And, and I had a profound when I was younger, had a profound experience with um, with forgiveness and understanding that really. There, there's a phrase and I'm paraphrasing from, from what you wrote in your book, but one of the quotes, I think from your dad talked about, you know, it's like, how free do you want to live? Mm -hmm. You know, and it really ties into, are you willing to forgive? And, and I realized that I had a fundamental misunderstanding of what forgiveness was all about. Well, I had, I, I can remember the conversation. I remember where I was sitting. Um, when I first started writing this book, Jeffrey, my father was alive and so he, he loved that I was writing the book. He didn't know what I was going to call it yet, but he, he, he loved that I was writing it. And I can remember asking him specifically about forgiveness. And he really gave me some, some great meat that I added into the book. And one of the big things he said about forgiveness, he says, we don't forgive to let the other person off the hook. We forgive to free our mind, to let yep. go of the blocks that are holding us back. Um, you know, most of the time when we're holding uh, somebody else at fault for something or they've done something to us, um, it, it creates a block within our own being. And they may not even know that they've done that to you. Um, yeah, exactly. They're not, they're not being harmed by it. They're not feeling the emotion. Exactly. And, and, and so he was, he was always about 
you need to be able to let go and forgive what's happened. Um, because mm -hmm. if you can do that, you will clear the blocks that are holding you back in certain areas of your life and allow yourself to move on. You know, he had a great statement. I used to love it when he said it at seminars. He says, we cannot change the time we got out of bed this morning. And I really like that. You know, whatever time we got out of bed this morning, we got out of bed. That's it. You can't change it. It's done. And, and what he means by that is that what's happened in the past has happened in the past, good or bad. And I am not going to say that, you know, we don't have bad things happen to us. I know a lot of people have really bad things happen to them. Very true. Yeah. But we don't need to let those bad things take on and form a part of our identity. We have the ability to release it and let it go, to forgive. And as dad said, if, if he had somebody in business that crossed him, um, he forgave them. He never would do business with them again. Exactly. And, but but he, he, he forgave them. He never forgot, but he forgave. And all that is, is clearing the blocks that you have about that person. And you just hold that person up to their higher good, whether they deserve it or not. And mm -hmm. then just carry on. Because when you can do that, you release some of the nonsense and the circle things that go on in our head that are holding us back or that become part of our identity. Um, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, they've gone through divorce and mm, for years yes. and years and years, they're talking about their ex spouse in such a negative way. And they did this to me and that to me. And it's become a part of their identity. Whereas if they could just let it go, forgive, don't forget, but forgive mm -hmm. and carry on. It opens your heart up and it opens everything up for a, for a better world. Yes, because I, I realized that because of some of the unforgiveness that I was carrying with me mm -hmm. prevented me from really building solid, enduring relationships with other people. Right. Because I was bitter about, you know, I was carrying, unwilling to forgive some events uh, that involved a couple of people when I was younger. And it's like, you know what? I'm not, it, it, so it, what I'm hearing is an echo of what I learned is, as well, or I guess what I learned is an echo of what you're saying is it's not about approving of the behavior. It's not about signing off, validating it or saying that it's okay or pretending like it never happened. It's just freeing myself up to go, you know what, like you said, it's not, I'm not going to let that be, I'm not going to let that control my identity, who I am and how I behave towards other people today, because now bad moment looking in the mirror going, you know what, all these years later, it's actually on me. Because now I'm having behavior that is not serving me and other people well as a result of my unwillingness to forgive somebody for something that happened in the past. Right. And it does. It creates blocks in your life that, that won't oh. let you move forward. And mm -hmm. the big thing, Jeffrey, is many times uh, there's things that we need to give forgive ourselves about. There's things that we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. That, you know, you think, oh, my God, I wish I'd never done that or, you know, and you berate yourself and you berate yourself. And it's like, you know, my father said, you can't change what's happened in the past. If it's happened, it's happened. And sometimes forgiving yourself for some of the things that you've done, again, will free you for a much better life. It will. You, you just got to clear those clouds, the stuff that's holding you back, because most of the times when you can't forgive you've created a block that's holding you back from so much good. And if you can just find a way to let it go, 
and let yes. go. Um, and it seems it, I'm so glad you touched on that or you brought that up. You know, this self-forgiveness, which seems to be something that, you know, it's an ongoing challenge for me. Uh, and it seems to affect a lot of people and really warps behavior. I know it does with mine. It's just like mm -hmm. the harsher I am on myself, that comes out in how, you know, and how I build relationships and interact with other people as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the big key is, is really getting honest with yourself. Uh, you know, I, I'll give you a personal example. Um, I was in a relationship many years ago and I, and I wrote this um, and it was um, I was with somebody that really hurt me. Um, and I was uh, I, I was I, I was not I wanted to leave the relationship, but I didn't leave uh, because I felt I needed to do everything I can do to make it work, to prove that I did whatever I could. And that's what I reasoned to myself. And I carried on for another two years. And that was, that was a big mistake. Um, when I really got honest with myself, the reason why I hung in for so long was because I was worried what other people would think. I think, oh, mm. there's Brian again. He bombed another relationship. Um, yep. And I didn't want them to, to think that. And so I, I hung in for the wrong reasons. Well, for a couple of years after that, I was beating myself up for hanging in the two years. And why, you know, why would I do that to myself and torture to myself? And so I had to forgive myself. And I did. It was just this, you know, sometimes you just got to write it out. Um, you know, take a page in the morning and just write it out, write it out, write it, get it out of you. And, you know, the, the more we can release of the negative thoughts that we're hanging in, even against ourselves, the freer we will become and the easier things will be. Um, and then we, we stop living that mental loop that keeps circling in our head. And it really, it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing yes. to do. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Eric, has, Eric Forno has another comment for us. <clears throat> That's good stuff. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There you go. This is like so that. true. And, th and thanks for sharing with your community, Eric. We appreciate it. But, you know, it's, it's just what's in my heart comes out of my mouth eventually. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. So make sure it's good. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just as, you know, as uh, both of my parents, when I was a kid, they're just like, oh, look, if you don't have something good to say, just don't say it. <laughs> and I've appreciate, come to appreciate the wisdom of that as an adult or as, a, as my wife and I like to say now. Not my bus. Thanks. I'm not going to ride that one. That's right. Yeah. I like that. That's a good statement. <laughs> so um, I, another thing I appreciate about your book is it speaks so much from experience and, and you talk about, look, here's what I do. Mm -hmm. And all too often it, it, when I'm reading something or even I, you know, when I'm listening to how I'm communicating to somebody, it's like, am, am I coming from a, from a lecture perspective or an education perspective? Or am I really talking to this person, you know, from the heart and saying, Hey, you know, based on the reason I'm saying this, or the reason that I'm offering this piece of advice is based on this experience I had, this is where I got that. And that's always seems like that carries so much more power when we have someone uh, you know, a personal experience I had years and years ago where someone goes here, help us clean up. I'm like, no, no, no. And he's like, look, won't ask you to do something. I'm not willing to do myself. Hand me a mop. Right. And they're going, yeah, couldn't argue with him. Right. And, and I heard a retired Navy SEAL say, you know, I never want to be the guy that gets to be so important 
that I can't sweep the floors. Right. Well, you know, when I first started thinking about writing this book, um, my wife and I were talking, and this was probably four years ago. And uh, I said to her, I said, I, I really feel a need to start writing, you know, some of my experiences, but I wasn't quite sure how I was going to do it or what I was going to say. And she said to me, she said, Brian, just write about everything you learned from your father. And I thought, boy, that makes complete sense. You know, when, when we would hold seminars, we, we, you know, we have all kinds of people in the room with thousands of people and every seminar, I was always asked, what's it like to be Bob Proctor's son? Uh, that was, that was the number one question I got all the time. So it hit me that, you know, that's what this book is all about. This book is what it's like to be Bob Proctor's son. And I wrote it in a way that I shared all the secrets, all the lessons, all the er, everything that he taught me right from when I was a young child up until mm -hmm. I was 60 years old um, when, he, when, he, when he passed away. And so I was able to write everything that he taught me that I could use to apply in the world. And I thought there's value in that. You know, Bob Proctor was very big in the self-development world. And a lot of people paid a lot of money to come and see him. And this was my opportunity to kind of carry on his memory and his teachings in a unique way um, that, that you'll get to read it from the perspective of somebody that was closest to him and how he wanted me to live and the things that he taught me so that I could live a better life. You know, those are going to be good lessons. You know, he's going to teach his son the very best of what he knows. And so I had fun doing it and it was fun to do it in, in, like you say, in a way that I could tell stories and then I would share how that story helped me and point out how it can help you and how you can apply it in your life so that you can right today, start living a better life. Um, yes. It, it's, it's, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun doing it. Well, and, and you also mentioned uh, if I am remembering this correctly, this has affected now four generations in your family. It has. Well, when my father first got into this material, um, he was really the first. Um, and this is, you, you mentioned it in the introduction, uh, back in 1961. So in October of 1961, he was given Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon mm -hmm. Hill. And I was born in December of that year. So, I mean, I was there for the entire journey. And, you know, he, he, he was the first in his family to kind of step out and bet on themselves. He was a fireman in Toronto um, oh, wow. in, in the early 60s. And he, after reading that book, and he kept reading it. I'll, I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. But he, he read that book every day for virtually 60 years. Um, he started to do things that were different. And he started to do side businesses. Um, he was doing anything he could uh, to earn an extra dollar and start building businesses. Well, he was only the second person in the history of the Toronto Fire Department to actually quit. Um, you know, it's it's one of those safe. Wow. Uh, only you know, the second in the entire history. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's that's a job where you're going to get the pension, you get everything. And people sure. work their life just for that pension. Um, well, retire relatively young as well. Yeah. So but he discovered really early that if he applied himself, he could earn far more money than he'd ever earn on the fire department. And, and that's what he started to do. Well, then he decided he wanted to teach this. What, what changed in him, he thought he could teach other people. So, mm -hmm. you know, from him, it, it, you know, to, he started teaching to myself and obviously to 
thousands of people around the world or millions of people. Um, but then, you know, it gave me the ability to teach my own children. And now my children are teaching their children. Um, so it's, it's really been passed on down now, which is a, a great legacy. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he changed not only his life, but he changed all of our lives. Uh, he changed his brother's life, his sister's life, anybody that was close to him. But the best part was how he, he changed the lives of people he didn't even know. Um, when he passed away, we did a memorial uh, on the internet uh, with, that we live streamed. And we had a few hundred thousand people that were on the live stream watching this. And I, I'll never forget the comments that I was reading from all around the world. It touched my heart. It took me days to read all the comments. And I just, I, I, you know, it was at a, I was in a deep mourning stage and mm-hmm. just reading these comments made me realize how many people he touched literally all around the world and how they're living better lives because they took his material and applied it. Um, and that's, that's my hope with this book is that, you know, you'll, you'll get the book, you'll read it and you'll actually apply the material. And if you do, I promise you're going to live a better life. Yes. Yes. But we can just wrap up right there. That's such a (laughs) a wonderful (laughs) statement and such an incredible story. It's like, wow, that's a powerful guarantee. Yeah. The work and your life will change. And you know what? Well, you're absolutely you know, right. I can attest to that. And, and I'm, even though I'm just beginning to read and study your book, that theme uh, is something that I've been coached on and have experienced in life. It's like, look, when you get people, they're saying this works. I know this works because here's where the knowledge came from originally. Here's how I've applied it. This is the results I've got. Here's how you can use it. And then done the work and gone, geez, you know what? It, it does make it, it works. It changes. It does and it's because it's based on pragmatic. Uh, Napoleon Hill's writings were very pragmatic. What your father has taught is very pragmatic. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing the same thing and continuing that chain. Well, there's, there's value in it. There's value in it. Especially yes. when you apply it. And, you know, I was talking about that think and grow rich book, which uh, just brought me back to that. So it, three or four weeks ago, I was uh, doing an online event uh, with a fellow over in Copenhagen. And I was in Toronto at the time. So I was staying at my father's house. He and his wife, Linda, um, obviously it's just Linda now, but I, I was staying at the house and I said to Linda, I said, Linda, can I get that book, the Think and Grow Rich book and just use it for this um, session that I'm on? She said, sure. She went and got it. Well, this book, Jeffrey, when I got it, I mean, I could feel my father in it. It's, it's, it's so well-worn. And anybody that's listening to this, if you've watched my father at all, you'll always see him holding up this think and grow rich book. Mm-hmm. Well, this book, it was held together with a great big rubber band. And when I took the rubber band off and opened it up, the pages were falling out. I had to be really wow. careful with it. And that is because he studied it every single day. And he says, that's the important part of life. He says, when you find something good, something mm. of value that will improve your life, study it every day. And he's a great example of it. That book, so many people tried to give him a new book or try to get that one rebound. He wouldn't have anything to do with it because that was that was his introduction into the world of self-development and living a better life. So to him, that book was his that was his beginnings. It was it was everything. And he studied it every day for his life. And the, the condition of the book showed it. It was proof. And he always said, if, if you only studied for 15 minutes a day, 
over a period of time, that works into a lot of, you know, condensed study, focused study, that if you study anything for just 15 minutes a day, you're going to become an expert at it, no matter what it is. And, and that was it. That was, that was really the simple thing that started to change his life. He got that book and he just started reading every day. And any good book that gives you ideas and ways to live a better life, if you just study that just a little bit every day, it's going to get in there and, uh, and, and mm -hmm. you, will, you will live a better life. I mean, I, I know you're seeing it. Um, you know, yes. Jeff, you know, we've talked before this and, and you talk about the things that you study and how you're living a better life now and how your life has changed over the last 30 years. And it's because you actually stepped out and did the work. Yes. And, and no, one of the things that I liked just seeing that now you're teaching that as well. Your, your father was like, look, the repetition is important. You're teaching that as well. The comment in your book to go, look, make notes, date the notes so that as you're continuing to study, you can see, Hey, here's how my perception on this has changed. Right. Here's how my mindset is shifting. There's a whole chapter as you're watching this, a whole chapter on mindset. That's just as each chapter is golden in, in and of itself. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like that concept because look, how am I, how am I tracking over time? What new have I learned from reading the same, the same page, the same chapter, because right. I've experienced that where I read, reread something on a regular basis. And, and uh, uh, I have a couple of books that I, that I work to read annually. You know, it's like want to read it once a year. And it's funny because I'll look, I'll go, geez, you know, it's like 10 years later. How, when did they add that in that book? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, you know, like, is this the same book? It's the same book. And I never saw that before. And I've read this how many times? You know what? The interesting thing with that is I, I always found that at my father's seminars, you know, he was always teaching the same thing. And I, I went to yeah. thousands of them, um, books, seminars, all that is you can read the same thing, but you'll see something different every time because you are different every time a year yep. from now, you're going to be a completely different person living a different life in some form or another. So when you read it, you're going to be looking at it from a completely different point of view. So we'll have new meaning for you. And that's the key. It's, you know, that's, dad always said that you can never study something too much. You just can't. And mm. he was always of the opinion that he never knew it all. And that's, that's a good, that's a good place to be. Um, he studied up until the day before he passed away. He was wow. still studying um, because he knew he didn't know it all. And that's a good way to live. It's a good way to live. Yes. Yeah. My father's father was a 19th century uh, farmer. He was mm -hmm. born in 1880. So it's like his uncles fought in the civil war. And even I never met him, but one of the lessons that I learned from him through my father, even though, you know, being a farmer was, it was a very blunt way to put it. He, one of the things that he always talked about was if you're not learning something new every day, you're dead. Right. And straight from the farm from the 1890s. And it's, just as true as ever. Yeah, that's right. So um, I was curious about the, about the bonuses that you bundled with your book. There's an incredible offer. How did you come up with that, with that process? There's just so much value in that. Well, you know what, Jeffrey, I just wanted to, um, I, I guess I, I, I was looking to drive any way home to get somebody to get the book and uh, you know, they can go to brianproctor.com. You can get the book. Um, through Amazon, and then you'll get all the bonuses. Um, I just wanted to add as much value as possible. 
And the reason for that is because I know I've got something good here. Um, I know it by the, if you go to Amazon and just look at the reviews. Um, yes. The book has only been there for three or four weeks. And I think we're already over 80, I, 90 reviews. Um, wow. I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah. Yeah. It's really recent. Um, that's, it, the feedback that's we're getting is, is so good. Well, the bonus is um, I'm going to do a full Q&A uh, for mm -hmm. anybody that purchased the book. Um, you can submit questions ahead of time, but it will be live. So, you know, we can spotlight you and you can ask questions. Um, so that's that's always kind of fun. Um, as you mentioned, I deliver the first five chapters digitally immediately. Mm -hmm. So you can start to read it before the book even arrives. Um, uh, there's a digital workbook that you can download that uh, kind of is like almost like a companion guide that'll work. Uh, you know, some of the lessons that are in the book uh, that you can start doing and working with. And when, when I was looking at the the chapter on um, both forgiveness and gratitude, it, it was it, I was impressed with looking at it going, OK, the workbook is very supportive. It's not it's not repeating and regurgitating what's in your book. Right. It really, truly is a companion, uh, a companion piece that adds more and brings and brings more. OK, here's even deeper exercises to do. Right. To incorporate more into my life, into the reader's life. Yeah, I've, I've tried to make it really, Jeffrey, in a way that it's easy to apply the material mm -hmm. or, you know, simple exercises that will cause you to be able to apply the material. It's the application of wise thoughts that count. And, you know, we can read something good, but if we don't do anything about it, we're really not that much better off. We might have a little bit more awareness. But if we're not actually going out and applying it, it's not doing us much good. Um, is is it amending my behavior in some way is really the yeah. what I look at and go, is it somehow the, the, for me, if it's incorporated into my life, if I've really learned it and I've incorporated it into my life now, there's going to I can see some difference, maybe not in results that'll eventually come. But what is the difference in how I'm responding versus reacting? That's right. Well, you know, the whole key is our mindset. And, it, and it's what are we giving energy to? And most of the time we're wishing for something, but we're thinking it's not going to happen or the worst is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But what are we giving yeah. energy to? We're giving energy to the negative. And so we need to do things that cause us to focus on what we truly want and to live the life we want. And um, I'm not going to pie in the sky, tell you that it's going to change overnight in the next day or two. It might sure. take six months. But you know what? Six months from now, you're going to be wherever you're at. And if if you're taking action steps now, boy, oh boy, that where you're going to be is just incredible. We, there's an exercise that I have in there about writing a letter to your future self. And I saw that. Yes, it's it's so much fun. Um, we started doing this in seminars several years ago, and it is so much fun. So one of the things that we challenge people to do is to write a letter to themselves as if it's one year from now. And you're congratulating yourself on all the things that you've accomplished. You get very descriptive and mm -hmm. you know, kind of take the lid off. If you could have done anything in the next year, what would that be? And start writing it down. And you congratulate yourself. My God, you know, you're writing it to yourself. You say, oh, Jeffrey, I'm so glad I did this and that. And, and, and get very, very descriptive. Well, in the summer, we, we'd have people do that. Then we'd give them an envelope and they'd write their address on it. And we'd put that letter into the envelope and we'd, we'd hang on to it. And a year later, we would send it out to those people. And 
it is amazing the response from people that saw that, you know, they, of course they didn't achieve everything that was in their letter, but a lot of times they started to, or they were getting close to some of the things, or they had done some of the things and they might not have, if they weren't giving thought to it before. Um, yeah. And it's, we've got to start focusing on what we want in our life rather than on what we yes. don't want or the negative around it. And simple exercises like that help get us clear into what we want for our life. You know, most of the time we don't think about stuff like that. We're just getting day by day by day. But boy, if you think, where would you like to be a year from now? And you write it out. You're, you're starting to build a future for yourself intentionally rather than letting it happen unintentionally. Well, and Brian, it, it seems in, in that exercise, you also encourage people to not think, not focus on the how. Right. To get there is just it's set that aside and not where, especially if it's something going, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to write that because I don't have any clue how that's going to happen instead yeah. to go ahead and, and write it out anyway. Well, here's the deal. My father was really big on goal setting. Um, that mm -hmm. was probably his. And, and I'm the first to say it, it's probably the most effective way to create a better life. Most of the time we set goals that we know how to achieve. It could be just a new car. Um, it could be anything. But and, you, and you, you look at it and you think, okay, if I do this and I do that, I can get this in about a year's time. So you know the way to get there. There's no true inspiration in that. There's no great growth in that. He was always of the opinion you needed to pick a goal that you don't have a clue how you're going to get to, but something that excites you. If it excites you enough, you're going to step out and start taking action to get there. And the key to a really worthy goal is that you don't know all the steps to get there, but you're willing to step out and do whatever you can today to start getting there. That is when growth happens. And that is when we create much more in our life. Um, it's just, there's a lot of power in it. You know, he was always of the opinion that we should mm -hmm. create a goal as if we had a magic wand or an Aladdin's lamp. And what would you pick? What, what inspires you? We're all different. We all have different things that inspire us, but pick something that inspires you that you don't know how you're going to achieve, but that you do want it. So you will step out and do what's necessary to get there. And when you get a goal like that, the most important thing I can share is don't share your goal with everybody because some people mm. will knock you down. And in the beginning, you're more vulnerable to getting knocked down. So only share with people that will truly support you. There is many times I've had a big goal and the only person I shared it with would be my wife and my father uh, because wow. everybody else would knock me down. They would think, what yeah. do you think you're going to actually do that? You're nuts. And you don't need energy like that. So until it's anchored in and you know you're on your way, a lot of times you don't even need to share it with anybody. But you'll find that when you have that, you will do things differently. And once you start doing things differently, you watch what happens six months from now, uh, your, your whole world will be different. Mm. With a relatively small change on a day-by-day right. -day basis, it compounds tremendously. That's right. Yeah. Wow, that is phenomenal. Thank you so much. I'm watching the time. I want to be respectful of your time as well. We're almost at the top of the hour. So as you're watching this, go to brianproctor.com. 
that will guide you on how to purchase the book and then get the um, the bonuses, which are phenomenal. I mean, that would be the book is, is just I've been so impressed because I looked at it and I was like, wow, this guy, I, I read slow. Going, it's a lot of material to get through. Uh, I showed it to my wife. She goes, this is a pretty thick book. And, and both of us were glancing through and going, you know what? It, it, it's it's very accessible. It, it's uh, uh, easy to read mm-hmm. and well laid out. I was going, okay, it's not as imposing as it appeared at first. Well, and, you know, I um, tried to, I, I tried to write it. I tried to write it in a more of a conversational tone. Yeah, very much that. so. Yeah. It, it's pleasant to read. It's conversational. It's very applicable. And, and I like that, Eric, you know, be careful casting your pearls before swine. I've been told that numerous times. It's good stuff, Brian. <laughs> but it is, you get that, you know, the, it's the wrong seed, the wrong fertilizer, and it, and it sticks a little bit. And that can really grow into being a major, you know, creating more blocks that we need to work on moving forward yeah but with with the book as you're watching this get the book the q a is going to be on august 8th that's coming up fast so you want to be sure that you that you're able to join in on that and be part of the part of the conversation and bring questions to that event as well it's phenomenal yeah. that you're putting that on yeah it's going to be kind of fun. That, Brian. yeah it's yeah. yeah that will be i'm looking forward i've got it on my calendar all right so brian thank you so much oh yeah uh, in case they're missing it. Here's, here's where to go. Brianproctor.com to get the book and then uh, and collect, claim your bonuses. Brian, thank you so much. This is just barely scratching the surface. Well, Jeffrey, I and, appreciate you having me on. And, and if I can leave just one thought with everybody that's listening, this is something that my father talked to me about almost every day. And it's made a big difference in my life. He said, the best place to live is in the present moment. Don't live Mm. in the past and don't live in the future. And if we can be the best version of us every single day and in every single moment, we'll treat people around us better and we will attract better things into our life. And we Mm. will accomplish so much more because we're living in the present moment. So if we can be the best version of us each and every day in the moment, um, that's, that's, that's the big nugget I'd like to leave you with anyway. I think that's, that's an important way to live. That is. I appreciate you having me on very, very much. I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to know you better and and learn from you. And and good luck with the the Q&A. I'll be there. That'll be fun. Eric's getting ready to read your book. Zena's got, he's doing the same. Hers just arrived. And uh, as you're watching this, thanks for being part of Wolf's Watch. Grab the book. My Father Knew the Secret by Brian Proctor. Claim uh, Claim your bonuses and we'll see you at the question and answer live with Brian on August 8th. This has been Wolf's Watch. I'm Wolf, and I will see you on the trail.